0: Everybody say contend. Contend. I want to read this praise report we got, and, um, and I've been saving it for about 30 days to be able to share it because it's it's incredible what, what God did. But it said, I want to give you a praise report. Anna and I could not attend the women's event as planned. As you know, Anna is expecting a baby boy in January. A few weeks ago, during our routine doctor visit, an additional accessory was discovered, or otherwise known as an additional placenta. This is a very serious condition that can cause the baby to stop growing and developing as the blood supply is weakened, therefore causing early delivery, multiple complications, and advanced health issues and risk. After learning of the issue, Anna and I begin to pray. And I want you to understand, when I read this next paragraph, it's more than prayer, but it's prophetic declarations. It, it is what prophecy means when you start calling those things that are not as though they are. That all of a sudden, that this, this mom and this daughter and the intercessors and the prayer warriors in this church, we begin to contend, everybody say contend, we begin to contend for the health of this baby standing on and declaring Psalm 139. But listen to what it says. After learning of the issue, Anna and I begin to pray. We called on our prayer partners. We spoke affirmations over our sweet baby and words of healing, miracles. And most of all, we praise God for the miracle to come. That during Anna's next doctor appointment with the specialist, not even a normal doctor, but a specialist, that nothing would be found during her ultrasound. Nothing would be found. You've got to understand. You've got to learn to declare And it's not just declaring, but you got to contend for the supernatural miracle of moving of God in your life. Everybody say contend. So here's what it says. September 13th was Anna's appointment, the same day as the FLF Women's Miracle event. There was nothing found but a happy, healthy baby boy and mama. Thank you for all your prayers and praise God for all his miracles. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now the word prophecy, when you break it down into the two simplest components, is calling those things that are not, as though they already are. In other words, not looking at the natural realm, but just like this testimony we read, looking into the spiritual realm and calling those things that are not as though they already are. The second thing about prophecy, prophecy is to, edu- is to edify, to encourage, to exhort, or to admonish. And also that, that prophecy should, from anybody or even as you're reading the Word of God, should confirm what the Holy Spirit has already spoken to your life. And so as we talk about contending for the supernatural in your life, we receive prophecy by faith, we activate prophecy by faith, and we see prophecy come to pass by faith. Whether it's personal prophecies, whether it's corporate prophecies, they're conditional on your faith. The actions of your faith inspires you to take the steps necessary of having those be manifested in your life. The sad thing is too many people receive prophetic words as unconditional. We hear a prophecy. We call our friends. We tell them about the wonderful words that we receive from the Lord or the scripture that he downloaded in our heart. We forget about it, to be honest with you, as if it will come to pass all by itself. But contending for the supernatural, as we're going to talk about for about the next month leading up to Christmas, is equipping you supernaturally to partner with the very throne room of heaven to bring the promises of God to pass in your lives, to cross that prophetic finish line. So many people look at what we do out here as a church and as a ministry, and I'll be honest with you. Yes, the the Word says, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, Matthew chapter 25, take care of the widow, take care of the orphan, visit those that are sick, all those things. Well, those are prophetic promises that have a declaration, and all we're doing is simply what the Word says. God gives that mandate to every Christian, to every church, to every believer. Everybody say, contend. But that is the difference, is you've got to learn to contend. Now, what you got to know is faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And we need to know faith. We need to study faith. But we also need to understand faith. Because when we understand it, then that's wisdom. We can put into practice the knowledge we understand, which is, is, is wisdom. Next Sunday, we have communion. Next Sunday, we have communion. And I believe when you begin to study, and if you study communion this week then you can put into practice the prophetic implications, the prophetic message of communion, and all of a sudden it can become applicable in your life. And so this series will tie faith to the prophetic promises of the Word of God. And we're going to encourage you to cultivate your faith, to release your faith required to partner with God because God will do his part and we can't do his part. Come on, say amen. We can't do his part. Everybody say good news. And the good news is, you know what? God cannot lie and he'll do his part. Our faith will empower us to take action and see the prophetic promises of the word of God manifest in our life. Whether it's getting a passport, whether it's studying a new career, whether it's jumping into a business venture, whether it's waiting on God like Abraham did, whether it's applying for a scholarship so that you can go to school, whatever it is in life, man, God has that. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And so the good news is it's never too late to believe God, and God is never late. See, the problem is many times we think we're waiting on God when actually he's waiting on us. Come on, say amen. He's waiting on you to declare it. He's waiting on you to wait for it. He's waiting on you to war for it. He's waiting on only if you believe that you'll get the guidance to glorify God for the manifestation of his will for your life. So let's pray and we'll jump into the word. Father God, we hold the keys to unlock the door to our prophetic destiny. And Father, the the door, I can't even say we have to unlock it because it's already unlocked. But Father, that we can open that door. Because you've already unlocked it. You've given us the keys to the kingdom. Lord, you've already probably inserted them in and turned the lock. But, Father, we have to step in and open the door. So, Father, I just pray that we'll learn to contend for the supernatural in our life. Father, everybody, this is not a book of spells. But it's a book of promises. It's a book of declarations that can manifest in our life, that can transform our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Martin Luther King said this. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole situation. Faith is taking the first step even though you don't see the whole situation. See, the question is, what do we think we really know in life? Because faith is one of those tricky topics in life. We feel like we know everything about faith. But it's often the topic that we really know least about. Because in our current culture, many people define faith as believing in something or someone. In our current culture, some people grew up having faith in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, Mickey Mouse that will take you to the happiest place on earth. Come on. And there's nothing wrong with those. I don't have a problem with those. But yet I do have a problem because what happens is... Now we're transitioning to believing God for supernatural things in our life. And we grew up in believing in these figures because if we knew if we denied their existence, it would be detrimental to our gift potential. Because how many of us believed in those figures longer than we ever confessed it to our parents? Come on. I mean, I was a teenager before I said. Why? Because it affected my gift potential at home. And the spiritual reality is that the truth is that the majority of our faith is structured to this model of believing in characters that affects our return, our investment. And we're taught to believe in certain things. And we're taught to believe in certain people in hopes that we will get something in return. And it's in that moment, in that moment, that we really lose our faith. Our faith. Because we begin to risk not getting what we feel like we deserve. And we begin to feel like we should get it because of who we are. And yet the spiritual reality is, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, we have developed our faith to be something that the Lord never intended it to be. Now, I love the the Word of God. I love the Bible. And most of us know Bible verses, and you that were here earlier, you're not allowed to say anything that we walk through, all right? But, and think about it, we can quote Bible verses, verse by verse, yeah, but that's not the challenge. The challenge is contending for the supernatural, because if ever our culture in America is open to the supernatural, it's open to the supernatural right now. Halloween, and Jason, and Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and... And, and all those things were wide open to the supernatural. But the question is, as a Christian, can we really live by the standard of what the Word is actually saying? Actually saying. Not what you think it says. Not what you want it to say. But what the Word of the Lord is really saying. So up here in a minute, we're going to do, we're gonna do a, a thing called culture or scripture. And I'm going to give five things up there, five statements, and I just want you to shout out, is it culture or scripture? Just five of them. Is it culture or scripture? Put the first one up, Jane, for me. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Sculpt scripture or culture? Okay, okay. Next one. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Okay? Okay. Blessed and highly favored. Okay. Next one, follow your heart. Okay, and the last one, God will never give you more than you can handle. Okay, so some of you said scripture, some of you said culture at different ones. Guess what? All that is culture. Not one of those are Bible verses. Now, there are principles on Bible verses and, and the intent behind them as well, but that's what I'm saying. We have to be careful of what the word says versus what we think it says, or what we want it to say. Because, see, like when we tell our children cleanliness is next to godliness to try to get them to clean up their room, our motive's wrong. Come on, say amen. And so we miss so much because we are easily swayed by our own flesh and our own emotions, and we're swayed by culture or the opinion of others. And in our weaknesses, we just do our best, but yet in our limitations, we fail to create a concept of the Lord's word, and we think, well, God understands, I'm doing the best that I can. But it's really what Tally was talking about. Are we really doing the best that I can? Because think about it, in our current culture in America, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. And the and and because of that, we believe desperately that when our faith fails us, the Lord is just winking at us and he's nodding at us, telling us that, hey, you know what? I understand you're a human being. And we think he's gonna turn his head to our sin and act like we never had faith. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. It's a tough verse. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. If you have doubts whether or not you... And this is not talking food, okay? For you are not following your your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. There it is. There's the answer. So, for example... I don't go to Hooters because it gives an appearance that a person in my position should not go to Hooters. Have nothing wrong with Hooters. There's other places that are worse than Hooters. But it's the perception of the people around, and because God placed a conviction in my heart, I have to follow what it is. Everybody say, contend. So every time that it's like it comes in, it it didn't even say it's necessarily that's wrong. But I won't order a virgin daiquiri in this area, for example, even though it's a virgin, there's no alcohol, because it gives a perception because the conviction in my heart, that's me, conviction, it's my, I'm not putting my convictions on you, don't say "Well, Vic said, no, I'm talking about me, I don't go to R-rated movies or watch R-rated movies because God gave a conviction in my heart not to do that, and now it's even hard to even watch them on regular TV, but anyway. And I love action movies, but listen to the word contend. To struggle, surmount a difficulty or danger. Assert something as a position in an argument. To compete in order to win something or to achieve a position of leadership. To struggle in opposition. To contend with the, catch this, the enemy for control of the poor and to claim something that is true. So the question is what your belief is. Because when you read the Bible from the very beginning, mankind... Faith has always been a battle between what we know to be true and what we think we understand. Scripture versus culture. What we know to be true versus what our mind, that's why I tell people, read your Bibles. When I say turn to something, turn to it so you can verify that it's in there. Don't take my word for it, verify it. And we find ourselves in dire need in circumstances that seem impossible to humans. We have two placentas. We need to pray. We need the Lord to move in a way that we've never seen or experienced before. And that mom had one child, perfectly fine, but she had never seen or experienced what the doctor's report was. And so what we went to do, we went to warfare and prayer. Why? Because we want people to experience the presence and the power of Jesus like they've never experienced the presence and the power of Jesus before. Come on, say amen and then the lord begins saying things to us that makes little or no sense within our natural minds and he reveals things to us and yet we fail to agree with his declarations first peter 2:24 by his stripes i am healed not only in healed but you expanded in the greek that i am living in divine health see we make a prophetic declaration by his stripes, I'm already healed. It's past tense. It's already done. I need to bring it from the natural realm into the supernatural realm. Or into the natural, supernatural realm into the natural realm. And the Lord begins saying these things. But the problem is we need a tangible reality in the midst of these challenges. We think our faith is a blueprint that builds us up spiritually to endure the test of time. And yet we may not always understand the big picture that God has for us. We may not be able to see the entire structure, yet we sincerely believe that we can live this life of faith because of this blueprint we had. But there are things, and there comes a day when we can no longer see the blueprint. God gives us a dream. God gives us a vision. God gives us a word. He gives it through someone. He gives it through the word of God, and yet we barely know it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And he rewards those who sincerely or diligently or fervently seek him. This is the ultimate faith verse. It defines the word of faith. It shows us the value of faith in our lives. It lights the way of how our faith correlates with the Lord and his word. The problem is too many of us wait to activate our faith till we hit a crisis. And you've got to learn to do it ahead of time. Wednesday night we looked at our walk-in freezer and it is like emptiest that's been an empty in months and we sat there and I said man we need to call food in from the north south east and west and then six o'clock Friday morning we had like an eight-foot pallet of pizzas come in and it almost filled the freezer come on say amen and then this morning, this morning, while, while y'all were prepping, we had like an eight-foot pallet of strawberries come in. I mean, God is doing amazing things, And we're not distributing them today, okay? Just don't ask that. But if I asked you, do you have faith in your life? Most of you would say, yeah. And you would explain how the Lord keeps you striving to be the best Christian you can be. You would tell ourselves that our faith's got to be maintained so that we'll never... Be the person who fails and will always please the Lord. Because each one of us want to please the Lord. That's in the heart's desire. But a lack of faith is one of those things that come when we make excuses for difficult times. Vic, it's just too hard. Vic, God understands that I didn't have faith to withstand the test, the temptation, the trial. And we just write it off because of a lack of faith. Never questioning, have we pleased the Lord? Because you know, Vic, after all, we're just human. We're just human. We're not perfect. We can't live a life without failures. And God understands that some things are more difficult and more challenging to have faith for. And you know, at that point, as a Christian, what we're doing, we're abusing grace and mercy. We're abusing his grace and his mercy to justify our lack of faith. Well, Vic, surely the Lord will view our weaknesses through the lens of humankind. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. Nope. He only views it through the lens of abiding in Christ. Exactly what Tally said. Abiding, to live, to dwell, to remain. What we talked about last week. The problem with that kind of thinking is that we never consider how faith may be unlocking our prophetic destinies. We never make ourselves apply faith to the prophetic declarations in our lives. What does it say? When you are sick, stay home. That's what it says in the Bible, right? No, no, the Bible says when you're sick, have the people bring you to Jesus The Bible says, when you're sick, call the elders of the church. Have them lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith that you might be healed. That's what the Word says. The Bible says, don't worry about infecting everybody. Because did the lepers worry about infecting everybody? Did the woman of issue of blood worry about infecting? No, she had a prophetic declaration that she put action to her faith. Everybody say, content. You have to contend for the supernatural in your life. We tell ourselves we agree. We say amen in messages like that. We say that we're connected to these prophetic words in the Bible. And when we get a prophetic word, we get excited that God is speaking to us. But we fail to remember that immediately, listen, when God gives you a word, whatever it is, there is immediately a spiritual battle that begins to take place in your life. When you pray and you ask God, hey... And then all of a sudden the battle comes, the situation comes, and you go, I can't believe I asked God to pray. No, listen to what it says in Daniel chapter 10. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request had been heard in heaven. I have come to answer your prayer, but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Everybody say, "Content." He's battling 21 days, and then God sends help. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there, and he was still battling. The spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time to come. When you pray, we were teaching our granddaughter this the other day. Whatever you speak is is continually in the atmosphere forever and ever they've proved that every word that's ever been spoken is in the atmosphere and that's what we were telling our granddaughter be careful what you say because the enemy doesn't want the prophetic fulfilled in your life the enemy doesn't want the words especially the word of the lord to reach full maturity in your life the enemy Let me tell you, celebrate your failures as we are unwilling to help the enemy from keeping us from maturing the words in our lives by our lifestyles, by our actions. It amazes me how many prophetic spiritual dreams and visions we have and we get, but we never write them down. We never write them down. I always write them in my Bible. That way I see them. We wake up, we ponder them. We go about our day, and yet we never write down that thing could alter that moment in time. Don't miss the moment. Everybody say, contend. Don't miss the moment when God downloads something in your heart. How do I not miss the moment? John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20 is the prophetic declaration. Then I'm going to go to John 14, 12 is the prophetic fulfillment or the prophetic promise so jesus explained i tell you the truth the son can do nothing by himself he only does what he sees the father doing whenever the father does the son does for the father loves the sons and shows him everything he is doing in fact the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man then you will be truly astonished and that amazed me because what's really going to astonish me john 14 12 here's the prophetic promise I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, Jesus said, this is red, will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. We attend church services. We have special events. We have special guests. They get a word specifically for us, individually, corporate, our family, our business. We get excited. And yet, like those dreams and visions, we never write them down. We go home with no intention, really, of connecting those words with our destiny. And I hear people all the time say, well, you know, Vic, I'm putting them on the shelf, on the shelf until the fruition. And I get that. I counsel that. Put the, put the prophetic word, you know, bear it. Does it encourage, edify, exalt? Does it already confirm what the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart? I get that. But we place them on this hypothetical shelf never to see them again, except, except the only time we take them off the shelf is that moment that we feel like the Lord failed us. To come through with what he promised that he would come through to do. And then we get angry with God. Then we get frustrated. I'm getting ready to close down. Then we get frustrated with believing somehow the Lord lied. And somehow we think he's punishing us for our failures in life. And we explain, God, this is how I'm hurting. And we think, man, the Lord didn't move on my behalf. And we know, we think, we think, we think we know how the prophetic works. And yet we see the prophetic failed to see fulfilled in our lives. When I got called into ministry, God said two things to me. He said, you're going to have a round church and a rock and roll church. That's two things. And you know what? He fulfilled that. I realize rock and roll is not music style. We're going to stand on the rock and roll into areas that need to be reclaimed for the gospel of Jesus Christ, so the good news, okay? And God has spoke. I remember in the old building that's no longer there. He said, you're going to have clothes and food, and we didn't have nothing. And the guy that gave me it, he's now gone on to heaven. He said, Vic, this church is going to have clothing and food like you've never imagined. And I think, you're crazy, old man. I'm serious. I was like... <laughs> I had a guy speaking to my life, Harry and Gertrude, my wife can tell you. Harry looked like Mr. Magoo in Waterloo, Iowa. And I, I got saved, and he would tell me every Sunday, he'd say, you're going to be a pastor one day. And I said, you're crazy, mental, senile, can't see Mr. Magoo glasses. And guess what? Him and his wife. we think it had to be a false prophet, and they were prophesying out of their flesh. These are the questions we find ourselves answering. Why would the Lord give us this vision and we'd never see it become a reality? Why would I have constant failure after failure? But let's be spiritually real. We never ask ourselves whether or not we did our part in fulfilling the promises of God. Because it's easier to blame others when we're not willing to look at our own lives. Because, you know, think about it. We can't be the one who missed it. Right? Not me. I wouldn't have missed it. Last thought. I'm going to ask you to stand up. we're quick to grab onto those words and receive those words and those declarations. Which means we're saying that we believe them to an extent. That's really where it stops, right? Sort of like tithes and offerings. If I bring the whole tithe, the first fruits, the first 10% into the storehouse, then God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that we can't contain it. We say we believe that, but do we really? And all I can give you is an experience. If you want to experience, this church does that. And if you go look at that warehouse, which is 60 foot shy of 100 yards And we're out of room. We are, we are, and more is coming. Common sense tells me, quit sowing and you'll quit reaping. And then you'll have room. That's not happening. But anyway, we'll just triple stack it. Believing in something, having faith in something, two different things. Hebrews 11:6 6 says that. Next week, we're going to highlight the words faith and belief. Because contending for the supernatural, you've got to understand what faith is and what belief is, but you've also got to understand what unbelief is. There's going to be people up here to pray for you at the end. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's ask you, do you believe in God? Do you have faith in God? There's a, the whole world almost believes in God. Even the atheist in the worst moment believes in God. But the prophetic promise is the only way that you get to God is through the Son. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's word. It's not culture. So what it says is the faith declaration is we've got to make to be saved or born again. We're baptizing a couple people at second service. So I'm really excited. They're going public with their, their, their declaration, their faith in Christ. Is Jesus. I believe that you can forgive me from all my sins. Even if I can't forgive myself that you can still forgive me and the declaration is that once we confess our sins to the father He cannot remember them as far as the east is from the west And if I say Jesus come into my heart at that moment when I say it from my heart I'm born again the father writes my name in the Lamb's book of life if I was to die right now it would immediately be in heaven But if I don't go to heaven immediately, then I have a promise that he will send the Holy Spirit to help me live this life on earth so I can experience at least a little bit of heaven on earth. And that I won't focus on the things around me, but I'll focus on the eternal. So it begins right now. You may not feel saved. You may not believe saved. You may not comprehend it, but it's calling those things that are not. Say, you know what? I'm going to believe that if I ask Jesus in my heart, he's going to forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong, and i got a brand new start. And even if I was to die right now, I would immediately be in heaven. And if that's you, just pray that right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to give me a brand new life, to give me a brand new start. In that moment, something beautiful happens, and you step into your prophetic destiny. And you begin looking at the life that you don't like, and you start calling it the life that you would like, bringing it from the spiritual to the natural. And you step, and all of a sudden, the prophetic becomes the reality. And God will start doing things that you can't think or imagine in your life. Ephesians 3.20 Father, touch each person. This is a little bit heavier, a little bit more spiritual than I usually go. But Father, I believe this is significant. Father, we have to fight for the supernatural. We have to fight not for the just written word, but the the God-breathed word to be activated in our life. Father, let miracles be released, just like that little baby. Father, I speak miracles in each person's life.